It's footy and frothies. Origin 3 is in the books. Queensland have the shield again. Daggy, Barney and the Gump with you to look back on all the events of last night as well as look forward to round 18 of the the National Rugby League and talk about a bit of news as well. How did you find last night, Gumpy? Looks like you haven't slept since then. Yeah, no, um, yeah, a bit, bit of a struggle. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. A lot of people are sort of talking about how good the game was. I thought the skill of the game was ordinary, to, to be honest, and I didn't think the referee probably kept the team far enough apart. Um, Kurt Capewell is either Usain Bolt or is taking something because in the 75th minute when the teams were under fatigue, he was up that quick that New South Wales couldn't have got a ball out there if they tried. And it was like it all night. Both teams really, the, the 10 metres was poor. Um, look, it was a great contest. It was a great game to watch. But as far as skill and watching your very best players doing really good things, it was a bit blur in terms of that. Um, I'm over the game being refereed differently in, in origin. It really didn't do it for me in terms of um, the Tino hit. I think it it was 10 minutes, definitely, possibly a send-off if that's happening in, in NRL games. That's, you know, it's forceful. It was a closed fist. It was all of the things that they look at. And he still only copped a fine, I see today, from the... the tribunal and the gag eye Burton thing, what's Burton's being assaulted, what's he supposed to do? Yeah. Like a guy's Drop punching into him yeah, and Burton right. punches back. What's he supposed to do? Just be stand there and let someone hit you. Like I get that there's Burton should go to the bin if he's throwing a punch and that's the rule, but there's no way they should have the same charge out of that incident, in my opinion. Like one person started and the other person's retaliated to something that's happened to them. If that happened to any one of us on the street, you wouldn't just let someone rip five or six India and not do anything about it. Like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm going to try not to be as invested in origin in the future and just watch it for what it is and, and do that. Like kudos to Queensland. Look, Brad Fittler got out coached in my opinion um, you know, Queensland just seemed to want it a little bit more and, I don't know, prepared, were prepared to work harder for longer for their mate, I guess. Um, I always thought that stuff with Queensland was a bit of a wank, but last night, I don't know, I think that it's sort of showed a bit that, yeah, I don't know, that they wanted it a little bit more. Look, I don't know. That's just the perception no, I think looking so in. So, yeah, look, I thought it was a decent game, but I get a bit annoyed that we've got our best 34 players on show and you don't really see too much skill yeah, because of slow rucks and not having teams back onside. That, that's my perception, but I don't know. You guys might have seen it differently to me. Barn, how was your night? And uh, quick thoughts on the on the game and then we'll get into it. It was a pretty tough watch after, especially that second half. Um, I agree with pretty much everything Gumpy said, to be honest. Um, it was realistically a five-metre five meter, uh, distance kept between the two teams, I thought. Uh, it looked more like a game of rugby union for big parts of the game where um, as soon as the ball was touched by the hooker, there was a bloke standing next to him ready to tackle him, uh, which obviously doesn't um, lead to a, a lot of skillful play. 
kudos to Queensland. Um, they had different ways of counteracting it, which New South Wales didn't seem to have whatsoever, um, especially when you saw Harry Grant join into the into the play and the way that they um, their attack just got a lot deeper. It got a lot more. Uh, the ball got out to the edges a lot faster than what New South Wales were able to do. Um, and, yeah, they, they had a different plan, which I'll, we'll get to when we break it down. Um, got a few different angles to look at that I, I thought um, the – they were seriously outcoached uh, for large parts of this game. The physicality was brilliant. Don't get me wrong. That first 20 minutes was absolute total and utter chaos. There was <laughs> blokes crashing yeah. heads left, right and centre. And obviously that comes down to, I'd, I'd really like to see a lot of blokes get back down and go through the middle with their defence the way they used to, hitting blokes in the ribs rather than, not, you know, when you get three yeah. blokes that are all trying to hit around the chest, it's, all that's ever going to happen is you get slingshotted around and fucking head. It's a recipe for disaster, Absolutely, it is. Um, that first guy in the tackles has to go to hips, somewhere between the hips and the nipples and go through the middle. Um, I know there's a chance that they get bumped off, but when you've got another two blokes straight up your ass behind you, there's a good chance that you're going to dominate that tackle no matter what. Um, the, the technique was lacking, especially in that first 20 minutes, but... Um, it was as brutal as game as I've ever seen. Um, it was fantastic for the physicality of it. And they just lasted longer than what New South Wales... New South Wales looked gassed before half-time, um, especially that sort of last five or ten minutes coming into half-time. Then you, you make crucial errors at some of the worst times they made. They did some of the stupidest oh. shit you've seen on a football field there for a while. And um, Queensland probably deserved to win by more, I thought, at the end of the game, realistically, yeah. because they I think there was five or six tries that they were disallowed <laughs> as well on top of what happened during the game. So, Yeah. Your I, thoughts, Dougie? No, I agree. Uh, I enjoyed the physicality. I th- I agree. I don't know much more to add beyond. I think they – I even think to an extent, I think bar one half of football, uh, Billy Slater outcoached him the whole series because even the way they changed up first half of game two um, made New South Wales double think and then obviously – that game changed and blew out, but um, I th- I was just super impressed by the composure of um, of DCE and of Ben Hunt and of the leaders there, and that was the difference. Uh, not just the uh, obviously the intensity. Um, I agree. If we said about different games, and even um, even I think there was two periods where there was multiple multiple six agains given, just laying in the ruck, and it was it was like I think at the end of the first half especially. And it was, um, but it was just they knew they weren't going to get binned, so we'll just keep doing it. And um, even to that extent, if nothing else, I don't mind the extra. Uh, I, I'm not completely object to the extra bit of leniency in terms of physicality, but the ruck stuff is is really noticeable, um, as you both pointed out. Uh, I enjoyed the game. I don't get like I I don't get upset if New South Wales. A lot of people seem to get very upset about New South Wales losing. It's a game of football. Yeah. I get more upset watching the Tigers be shit every week than New South Wales lose. Um, so it's just a, something else for me to watch. So um, from that point of view, I enjoyed it. I backed Queensland, so that was good. Backed the first try scorer, so that was good. So um, happy days. I, I guess we'll get into the oh, yes. the full wrap. I thought, you know, we'll talk about the players once you've... Uh, are you doing stats here, Barn? Or? I was on with the first try scorer with you too, Doug, and I managed to sneak away at the end of the game with Carrigan, man of the series, oh, 30-odd good. dollars. So that was <laughs> obviously a bad pickup. So He was... Um, but, um, he yeah, realistically, I thought... If you would, you know, there was game breakers and Ponga would have gone close to being man of the series, but Carrigan was, I think he made more meters than any starting forward, more tackles than any starting forward. He just worked his ass off for that Queensland team, and he was probably a big difference into why they, um, they, because 
New South Wales were dominant at times in the middle of the field, but um, I think he was a big part of why they they couldn't get over the top of him at the end of the day. From where from where we saw him, from where we saw him at Magic Round, and we sort of in, sort of stamped him as the best player we just about we saw a weekend. He's mm-hmm. just he hasn't he rubber stamped himself now as. And the fact is that he came into the game, and he was given the captaincy of the Broncos. What was it two years ago? Yeah, and he's twenty. When the bloke was nineteen or yeah. twenty, and then. Um, he had a ripper debut season, and then he was out for a year, and everyone just sort of forgot about him. I think, mm. but he's he's definitely rubber stamped himself as one of the best forwards in the game, and he could play pretty much any position in that forward pack as well, apart from uh, probably nine, I would imagine. But he, he'd even do a job at nine, <laughs> I would say. He'd still make forty tackles and yeah, the ball at the right. Yeah, we had twenty-two to twelve, four tries for Queensland, two for New South Wales, three out of four conversions, played two out of two. 82% completion for Queensland, 73% for New South Wales, which led to 34 sets out of 41 and 30 out of 41. Six line breaks to Queensland, two to New South Wales, 44 tackle bust for Queensland, 57 for New South Wales, 18 offloads to nine, one forced dropout by Queensland, three by New South Wales. A momentum-changing 40-20 for the Queensland side, 354 tackles played 349. Two ruck infringements against Queensland, four against New South Wales, zero inside the tens for both teams. Four penalties conceded by both teams and nine errors from both teams. A sin bin for both teams also. Carrigan made 47 tackles. Jake Chavojevic made 43. Ponga with 262 running metres and Teddy with 292. Hunt missed nine tackles, made 37. Nanai missed eight and made 33. And Holmes missed six and made nine. Luai missed six and made 23. Crichton missed six. Angus Crichton missed six and made 29. And Brian Toto missed four and made two. I think to start with, I think you've just got to... I don't want to use the word overrated, but how many of these New South Wales players are overrated? Because one to 17, I think the Queensland team played better across the board. Um, And, you know... There's a couple of New South Welshmen that stood up, but um, <clears throat> they keep coming with this underdog tag, and they were just they were the better team game one of the better team here, um, and like you said, they could have won by more, um, not just with the disallowed, but I think if Selwyn Cobo stays in the field, they had a stripped three or four times down the right, and it's just that Capel was happened to be out there instead of Cobo, um, he probably runs away and scores on one or two occasions, uh, so uh, DCE stamped himself. His kicking game was tremendous. As I mentioned earlier, his composure um, compared to Cleary's. And I know um, the New South Wales forward pack never really got into the game in the second half, but his kicking composure set up that whole win for Queensland. I thought he was fantastic. Did on debut, just slotted straight in um, and had it all over Luai. And um, you can keep reeling through. Um, Val Holmes is, you know, one of the first pick for Australia if everyone's... If everyone's um, fit at the end of the year, even with Latrell there, you'd put him in. So we can go. I could go through from 1 to 17, but um, what do you think of this, Barn, play for play? Yeah, I agree with you pretty much in every every facet there, mate. Um, got completely outplayed pretty much everywhere on the field. Um, like you, The whole play in game two was the, the two hookers, and their two hookers made ours look like reserve graders <laughs> when you come to think of it, like what Ben Hunt did early absorbing all that pressure and then as I mentioned before Harry Grant came on and like in the game when did you see a New South Wales hooker 
engage the markers and create anything, any type of space outside of him for anybody else to play. They did. They either picked it up and passed it straight away, or when they ran, they ran away from the markers and just straight into the defensive line. Yeah, they weren't, you know. And you see Harry Grant set, sets up that try, runs circle, runs rings around the, the markers, and then puts a grubber in, and they score off it. And just about every time he picked up the ball, he would take a step towards the markers and then go three sideways. So he's now got two markers chasing him, and then he turns someone back in underneath into that hole, or he gets the ball out, and he's drawn three defenders by the time that the ball hits the hits Cherry Evans or hits Ponger on the outside, and they've got time and space to do their work. Like, it was ridiculous. Um, the amount of different attacking points that, again, that Queensland had when Hunt went wider and you had you basically had two sevens on the field with Ben Hunt playing on one side of the field, Cherry Evans playing on the other. And then Dearden was playing a second fullback role with Ponger at the back. And every time Ponger or Dearden touched the ball, they looked dangerous. The New South Wales defence were, were definitely concerned about, especially Ponger, but even Dearden at times in this game, I thought Dearden had a fucking wow of a game. Mm. I thought he was close to the best player on the field. And his defence as well, he got plenty of traffic ran at him and he was just chopping blokes in half. And you, you look at um, the six on the other side of the field, he was basically non-existent apart from falling on a ball to score a try. And um, it doesn't help that they, they realistically got stagnant ball all night. They were never realistically on the front foot. But they didn't create anything either. They didn't drop, they didn't get the back line any wider or deeper or you know they didn't start changing angles back through the middle of the field and trying to turn the defense around the biggest blight i thought from the halves was the kicking game the kicking game was disgraceful um there was a nice little you know one or two little kicks that led to points and horse dropouts but the first one that uh, that cleary kicks he kicks it dead by about five meters queensland go down the other end of the field and they score mm. um, and burton's first bomb went backwards <laughs> burton's first bomb goes backwards the second the half, New South Wales kicks was unbelievable, though. Like yeah. the first yeah, but... three kicks that Cleary put in, they tackled him quite hard after he kicked the ball. And New South Wales has no kick pressure. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't see that... much kick pressure from New South Wales. Like Cherry Evans or Hunt or whoever kicked didn't ever get tackled after they kicked the ball, but they made their intentions perfectly clear that Cleary actually got smashed. The first I was watching closely and the first three times he got smashed to the ground every time that he kicked the ball and the pressure was from the inside for the kicking was enormous from Queensland. So yeah, the kicking game was poor, but Queensland made it that way through their pressure. They didn't make it any easier on themselves either though. When you look at what Queensland did in the second half, New South Wales basically didn't go into their half of the field for a good 15 or 20 minutes. Mm. As soon as New South Wales were on the front foot, they got down onto, I think it was Queensland's 30-metre line. They had one fucking tackle, and then they just reefed it down the other end of the field, and Cherry Evans kicks it 70 metres downfield, and now New South Wales are coming back off their own fucking line. And yeah. the forwards didn't get there for four tackles. Yeah. So you had Tuo take a hit up, then Tedesco take a hit up, and then Tuo take another hit up, and they've made 30 metres, and they're back down their end of the field. New South Wales yeah. didn't once try to kick early. They didn't... Um, <laughs> There was really no thought or planning. I, I'm pretty sure Freddie just told him, you, you guys know what to do. Go out and do it. You know what I mean? Like, well, I was about <laughs> that point up and say, I wasn't quite sure what New South Wales' plan was, to be honest, watching the game. And Queensland's 
plans changed throughout the game. Like you could see that that they adapted and whether that was coaching or whether that was just them doing it on the fly, but however it was work, whatever it was, it worked. But New South Wales' plan, look, I don't know that they had one in any game, to to be really honest. Like the second game, they just got on a roll and just were better because Queensland were gassed. But game one and game three were virtually looked the same to me in terms of New South Wales and... I think they were just expected to be physically dominant through the middle of the field. And I don't think there was it really happened at all for New South Wales. To me, they they looked like they got rattled in this game. They didn't expect Queensland to come out as hard as they did. And when they did, nobody apart from Isaiah Yo and um, Osai Fidi was in for the fight and so was Jake. But apart from those three blokes, the rest of them looked like they were shying away from it. They didn't look like they were interested. They didn't want to get in yeah. there. And Queensland were flying in with three and four blokes into just about every tackle. That's... Yeah. You're, um, Sorry, Doug. You no, no, a couple of points. Just <clears throat> on the kick pressure one, it's, it's a real good point because for right. years and years, New South Wales have had blokes, oh, we're going a long way, but blokes like Clyde and even Wade Graham recently that um, were just pests to the halfback corners. They just wouldn't let him have any time. And there was, I know Cam Murray got it, was knocked out, but. I'm not sure he would have been that guy. No tried, but there wasn't anything. There was nothing else. But I did flag before the game the size of New South Wales forward pack, and it, it was a bit on show here. Um, they got they got handled quite a bit. I thought I thought Angus Crichton getting thrown in was good, uh, mainly in attack when they had the chance in the first half. He didn't get a lot of time to do stuff in the second half but, and sort of ended up out, out wide to be, for the, the back end of the game. Um, and your other, or to your other point about the New South Wales game plan, Gumpy, <clears throat> It just doesn't seem like there's actually any chemistry. They talk about these combinations with all these Penrith blokes, but there's no chemistry between the halves and Tedesco. Uh, the, between Appy's, you know, puts his forwards in good spots when he gets a chance, but there doesn't seem to be that spine link that Queensland had. Ponga knew when to chime in. Deedon knew when to chime in. Hunt knew when it was his turn to kick and, you know, clutch 40-20. Whereas it was all, all right, well, Burton, you put up a bomb, and he, I think he put up one, you know, that hit the roof, and the rest were pretty average, and... Let's be honest. Cleary, Cleary was basically just putting up bombs as well. Yeah, there, there was no really, they variation. They didn't field position pretty much the all way, They just kept bombing. Like, and I wouldn't ever criticise Tedesco because I think he's a great player no, and no, he's no. probably New South Wales' best player. But Tedesco in the, the Origin games has just played like a middle forward. Like he he, has he's done no attacking on an edge like Ponga or or – fullbacks would the way that they play now would do he just was a card up like like he was just doing hit ups absolutely kick returns there was nothing i don't reckon tedesco threw a pass there you go i'd I'd like to look through and see how many passes tedesco threw and that's not his fault that's the way they played but and no criticism of him well it may be a criticism of him maybe he needs to change the way in which he plays, because really New South Wales had one point of attack with Cleary. Sometimes Luai would get the ball and attack, but New South Wales really had Nathan Cleary attacking, and that and that was it. Big part of what I like, like if you look at the way that Pongo, Th- thirty-five, Pongo sorry, thirty-five touches like, for seven passes to Desco, and two of those are offloads. So, yeah, yeah, there's your point. But Ponga was brought into the game. Like there was point times where he forced himself in there as well. And those passes but would have all sorry, those at, passes would have all been just to a winger to have a hit up, really. 
But anyway. You look at the times that Ponga made a break. It was set up from someone inside or outside of him. It wasn't him doing it all on his own with his footwork or, you know, he, he was put into a hole. How many times did you see any New South Wales players put into a hole by any of their halves? The, 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 the two halves from New South Wales played very similar for the entirety of the Origin series, and it was basically just run that 45-degree angle towards the sideline and hope someone goes through a fucking hole. <laughs> but isn't that isn't that little ways going? Stuff, but that's little ways go in life, even for Penrith. That's the way eighty percent of football is played, and I think that's why a lot of people get sort of disenchanted by mm. the way that it's done. But there, there was no sort of there's no sort of deception, and unless you're a Penrith, unless you're gifted with like the Penrith team is with Leota and Fisher Harris and all those kind of guys just absolutely smashing the middle apart, you can't win games of footy like that. Unless the outside backs for the opposition are just Titans defenders, basically, then you're going to struggle. So, Gumpy, anything else? Not really. I thought Caelan Ponga was next level last night. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad, Barney. You got your player of the series with Carrigan because if I was picking a player of the series, I'd have picked Ben Hunt, mm. without a doubt, yep. as, as player of the series for influence on on the series and. He Absolutely. played at nine, yeah. he played middle, played he massive. played 5-8. He played all over the field, played nearly every minute of, of every game. And, and I think he had like a starring uh, like a starring play in pretty much every game as well. Like there was yeah. something he did off his own bat that everyone just went, holy fuck, that's, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In terms of that, look, Patrick Carrigan was really good. And, and look, you wouldn't begrudge him getting it. He was really good and he tackled hard and he ran hard and... And and all of those things, but you know, I thought Ben Hunt was was outstanding. Ponga was was next level. Um, I think New South Wales probably picked a few guys that may not have been up to it. Um, in the end, like well, they, and I like Kalakai as a player, but he three errors in eleven or twelve minutes probably didn't all go well. For he him. did it in the space of about five minutes, realistically. Yeah, <laughs> and they were very simple time. ones. Like stuff like things like that, you know. I Crichton if, with the offload, like yeah, the bloke just made a really pass. tough run, bumped off a couple of blokes, and very first tackle of the set, and then he throws yeah. it back, and they get the ball back. <laughs> it's a dropout because yeah. he's tried to offload it. But. Paulo came back on, and his first touch, he dropped it. Yep. You know, Saifidi didn't play a ball properly, and they were on a roll, sort of at that mm. point, That's like true. they were getting back into their territory. So. Look, I think the completions in the second half for New South Wales at one point were six out of 13. Well, yeah. you, you wouldn't beat the West Tigers completing six out of 13. So it, it's, it made it hard on themselves in terms of that. Look, you know, those Queensland plays, DCE was really good. I, Jeremiah Nanai is a, an attacking beast. I thought I, he was a superstar in this game. Yeah. Some, of the, some have, of the things he did were so skilled. I have questions on him defensively. Like oh, yeah, I think absolutely. He misses a lot of tackles, but he's 19, so, you know. But, but in terms of attack on, on the edge, he's going to be a superstar for a long time for the Cowboys and for Queensland, whoever else he plays for, just attacking on, on that edge. Um, all of that stuff that Daggy was saying before all came through Nanai. Um, down that edge where Capewell was and Cobbo wasn't at that point in time, but it was an in and away from Nanai and a, 
backhanded flick from Nanai at Wattenport, and it was just he was playing with them really. Out they rattled there, there was a plan to run at Burton early, and they they got on got into his head, I think. Mm. And then um, Gay Guy got into his head and said, "Wasn't the same after that." Well, and yeah. also well, a concerted plan to smash him, like was even whatever he does for his first bomb, belt him, and let him know he's yeah. not going to be allowed to put bombs up. And I think he was a bit. Like a deer in a headlight for a lot of that game. He might have even, and how he wasn't was, sent for HIA actually, to be honest, is a little bit uh, baffling. Yeah, the way the cheek blew up. Mm. Yeah. Um, if we're picking, if everyone's on the field next year, does Luai make the team? Do you look at Burton at six, and then you got to get Latrell and Turbo back in there? Do you look at Jack White at six now? Is that a legit conversation? Well, I guess you're seeing how they're going, but. I agree yeah. that you look at, at those options and just see how people are going because you're going to have Latrell and Turbo in the centres. Yeah. And then who you have at six, I guess, depends Probably on matters who a little bit less who you best. have at six if you've got those two but guys maybe in the Matt centres. Burton, maybe Matt Burton plays at six. Yeah. And, and, and let's be honest, even last year when they did win the series, that was on the back of Latrell and Turbo, pretty much those two, you know, Almost uh, yeah. by themselves. Two uh, games where they just where they destroyed them. Yeah. So well, really, when you think about it, and I know Cameron Munster didn't play for Queensland last night, and I know that they didn't have Felice Kafusi in the team, and they lost Xavier Coates and Cobbo, so they had players missing. Mm. But New South Wales realistically had their best three attacking players not playing: Latrell, Turbo, and Pappenhausen. Mm. who all weren't part. And I know Pappenhausen hasn't been in a series, but... But he would have been 14 if he was fit. But he still would be the attacking weapon in the middle of the ruck there at at some point in those games and would have made half a line break or or whatever. So I think New South Wales, if, if they're fit, I think are more than competitive. Like they really lost this series by a try. In the end, when you yeah, look at yeah. it, they've... They've lost by one try in that game and in the first game have lost slender margin. So they're not really, and, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm critical of the way they played in game one and game three, and they've still only just got beaten. So they're not really far off. No, no, no. Um, the field one, you'd, I'd probably even look at, if Nico Hines is still playing the way he's playing this year, next year, Does why not play, play with the two Basically, play six and have the two sevens on the field. And yeah, and who's to say Latrell's not playing six? Latrell might be playing six for South next year. You, you know, you don't know. Okay. Um, the uh, the other thing, the other two sort of baffling ones were Cook not coming on to after I think it was after an hour, nearly. Um, yeah, he played what twenty five minutes. Yeah, and then um, and also when Talakai did come on, uh, and I know, but I, I didn't know what he was going to achieve because I don't think he's going to. He wouldn't. Have, he was not going to bust him up running into those forwards, and he wasn't going to be camped out wide. So I, I didn't quite. Well, know. They went out as a forward and fucked up. So they moved him straight yeah. out to the centres and, and he fucked, fucked up, up again out there. Right. <laughs> then come back into the middle and had another crack and fucked up again. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's easy <laughs> after the fact to say you know Jack White and obviously he was. You know he could have trusted. He was real him. hyped up and was trying to make a yeah. difference and just fucking. Like, you got to hang on. Anyway, we'll uh, <laughs> never be seen again. I would imagine in a blues jersey. Who's getting um, some points here then? Barn. Oh, Ponga was man of the match uh, easily in this game. He definitely got three points. Um, 
I, w- I would have gone Dean with two and then Carrigan with the one point. Yeah, and that's real rough for um, TC not to get a point or even Ben Hunt to get a point, but I, I, it's hard to Yeah, argue. I know. His kicking game was tremendous and um, it probably did set up the way that they were able to play the way they did, but I just thought Dean on debut, the way that he took the line on and he was basically the catalyst for all their, their points, I mm. thought. So. And what about, like, he couldn't make the Brisbane team last year, right? He was smacking blokes, Amazing dude. I run the back rowers at him, and he was just belt yeah. <laughs> You're five foot nothing, and you're just chopping blokes in half. But he just, just goes to show you, though, confidence and someone's got belief in you or you're in a winning team. Because you know what? When Dearden was playing for the Broncos, he they didn't warrant a spot. Yeah, that's like, right. From what I'd seen of him, obviously he was a good player to play at that age and whatnot, but you weren't seeing what other people had obviously seen in him. And then he's gone into a different environment with a bloke that can obviously coach football teams and is like, it's no fluke that all of the Cowboys players that played were very, very good. We didn't even mention well, Tom Gilbert. Gilbert. Yes. The one that we didn't good. mention. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He was I mean, Val crazy. Holmes is going unbelievable. Nanai, Dearden, so all of those blokes you know, New South Wales probably in the end have probably missed Jordan McLean. He's a Cowboys player mm. and probably would have done a job in the middle for New South Wales. Last they really night. missed a bit of mongrel, to be honest, because they were like Queensland were dirty as fuck. Don't, like New South yep. Wales had their bit as well, but every tackle like, you, you know, saw an elbow in the face, you saw a, yeah, you saw a fucking palm like. A, a, when they were getting up, the hand was on the head and they were lifting themselves up on the head and all that kind of shit. And New South Wales just sort of sat back and seemed to take it a little bit. Um, Jakey had a bit of a crack and um, Angus Crichton was getting in there, getting dirty as well, but nobody else really seemed to stand up. They just sort of shied away from it. That's pretty much what won the game for them. But they're, they're, and the two like Joy Arrow was fucking... He was horrendous yeah. out there. <laughs> but that's what they needed and he was fucking... That's right. And the, the two New South Wales blokes are the two that have, have been to war and I guess sort of know what to expect. Jake and Angus, um, but it sort of goes to show that, like, it's for Queensland. It's like it's, it's fucking Origin. Let's get up for this. Like that's that's what they were. That's how you play. You're supposed to hate them. Just gonna flog them, yeah. and they did. They considered defence and attack. They just they were so physical, and yeah, New South Wales didn't seem to really have that physical presence anywhere. Like Yo was good, but he, he's not the guy that gets in and rips blokes' heads off. No. Um, you know. And Liam, Angus, Liam Martin Jakey tried hard, but he's Jakey's tiny. not normally that bloke either, but he de- he definitely got in there and had a go at it, and so did Crichton. But you know, imagine, like, Clement probably would have got sent off after fucking 20 minutes, <laughs> but he would have probably taken one or two with him. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just, they've, yeah. And they've, they've missed Payne Haas as well. Payne Haas. Absolutely. Was mm, yeah. yeah, we didn't. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't matter who wasn't there. Who was there, I guess, is the... Final word, and we'll move oh, on. Who, um, who from a New South Wales team actually makes an Australian team off that effort? Yeah, you're still going clear. Se- I'll go gump first. You're still going clear at seven. Yeah, I'm still going clear at seven. I, st- I think that they'll go with. They'll take two halfbacks, obviously, yeah, yeah. To, to a World Cup. But I think, I think that they'll go with Cleary and Munster as the seven and six. Ben Hunt 14, Harry Grant 9, Ben Hunt 14, or vice versa. Um, Other New South Wales players, 
Oh, Ado, you know who makes it? Ado Carr probably makes the Australian team. Well, that's right. Yeah, Ado Carr probably, probably makes the team. Val Holmes will make it in Somewhere. the centres or on the wing. Yeah. So if he doesn't make it in the centres, he'll play on a wing. And Latrell will come back and play centre, I assume. You know, forwards, Payne Hass probably makes the team. If he's fit, yeah, he makes the team. Absolutely. If he's fit. Um, Big battle for Yo, Locke. probably. Yeah, Yo Murray Yo, and uh, Yo, Carrigan. Yo probably makes the team mm. based on yeah. – because it's still got to be based somewhat on, on club form. Like, there's still eight rounds to go in a final series. So, you know, if Penrith don't lose another game all year, <laughs> you know – a lot of those blokes still make the team. Yeah. Is there a template there for um to beat Penrith off that? Or, or is it too, is it too far much of a gap to get up in Penrith's face and take Lua out of the equation and just smash Penrith? You have to dominate um you have to dominate the middle of the field against Penrith to be able to put the pressure on Luai and Cleary like Queensland did. And um I'm not sure there's many packs that can. Yeah, so, well, that's right. Fisher Harris and Co Lee. would have um, would have aimed right up last night, wouldn't they? Absolutely, Fisher Harris would have taken five or six of them with him. <laughs> he would have gone down swinging for sure. Yeah. That's right. So look, look, there's always a blueprint to beat teams, mm. but yeah. I think if if all being equal, the the team that beats Penrith is going to have to play a hundred percent, and Penrith are going to have to be off. Yeah, the irony which can happen. Well, like, the irony for me is I was. Sorry, go. Keep going. No, that's it. The only for me was I was thinking about what team that would actually suit getting down and dirty, and it, it probably the Roosters were the it's best the one I could come up with. Them, really, and Parramatta Roosters and Para were the two I'd think that it could suit if they got into a real slug in the middle, and and even then, you know, they'd have to be at their absolute best. But um, anyway, it, it's something I guess something to give us something to talk about instead of having to tip Penrith every week. Uh, yeah. The other, the other news of the day is that apparently Benji Marshall is going to be coaching the Tigers at some point. Uh, Tim Sheens is officially signed on as coach for the next two years. Benji Marshall will take over in twenty twenty five. Gump, you got some thoughts on that? Oh, look, I think it, it's good in planning. But speaking to you off air, I think it's a stretch for the Tigers to announce a twenty twenty five coach, and it's two years from. 2025, if they come last next year and last the following year, what are they going to do? Yeah. Like, I think that they probably should have said Tim Sheens is a coach next year and the year after with Benji's assistant and left it and then not said anything but had the handshake with Benji to say, look, you're the coach in 2025, but we're not going to say anything yet. You're going to learn under Tim Sheens. Then at halfway through 2024, we'll announce you as the coach for 2025 if everything's going well. Like, Benji's a good bloke. Football knowledge seems really, really good. Um, you'll be an excellent. He's good with their juniors. Tim Sheens is, is good to learn. So I don't see any problem with it. I just see a problem with a five-year deal for a club that's had five coaches in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it seems a revolving door. So, um but I'm glad they've got some clarity. I'm glad they at least they've got a plan going forward and it's a five-year plan possibly. So, look, good luck to them. But I, I probably would have just left off the announcement of, of the 2025 stuff and just say Tim is next year with Benji and Robbie as the assistants with a look to grooming them to coach in the future. That's all they needed to say, I think. 
now because Benji is now, you know, why they're not having him as coach, so he's not under scrutiny. But people aren't stupid. Benji's still going to be under scrutiny if they're not playing well. Yeah, like that's right. Tim Sheens is going to answer the questions, but people are still going to say, well, Benji's got a lot to do with this and supporters will still question. They won't care that it's Benji Marshall. If they go out and they don't win any games next year, the, the Tigers supporters won't give a shit if it's Benji Marshall or not. Yeah. They'll, they you know, it'll be, we need to be winning games. Uh, is someone having a baby in the background, Barney? What's going on there? It's my dog. It's, uh, not okay. me, mate. <laughs> it's not me tonight. <laughs> it's a nice change. Um, you got thoughts, David? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> you've thrown me. <laughs> All right, I'll talk while you think. Um, I agree with what Gum said. It's um, it, it is cons- like something's better than nothing. So at least there's a at least there's a decision being made. At least everyone can get on with their lives and work out what they need to do. Um, guaranteeing anyone for five years at the Tigers is the concern. As Gump said, if they run last the next two years, <laughs> is does that mean Benji still takes over after that? Um, and there's going to be criticism anyway because if they re-sign Luke Brooks tomorrow, then it's it's Benji's decision, isn't it? Who's who makes that decision? Who makes the decision if who they retain? Surely that's Sheen. It's probably a, a team, but I guess Benji's got to say there. Um, but it's a decision. Uh, people like Benji, so I don't think we'll have any of the... They don't want to go to the Tigers because of the coach chat for a bit. Apparently, he's met with Papi already and calmed him down or whatever. So we'll see. They've got money to spend. We'll see what happens. We'll see which juniors keep going. They've got The juniors that we've seen have looked pretty good or at least better than what they've had the, the for the rest of the year. So we'll see. At least, like I said, something's better than nothing. And I, I, I imagine the intention is to take away some... Uh, some of this talk of revolving door stuff and try to say to people that might be coming to the club, hey, this is the plan. You know, here we are. So we'll see how that goes, David. You can you can get your Oh, yeah, you've you covered it off pretty well. I don't know if you guys saw him speak on 360, I think it was Monday night, and, um, and before I, there yeah, was anything did. announced. And yeah, tonight, but, um, the way he addressed, the, obviously, the boardroom leaks and the, the big issues and the big questions that have surrounded the Tigers forever and a day, um, if he does take that approach of basically man up and uh, if I've got a problem with you, I'm going to come and talk to you. Even if I don't, you know, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a, a face-to-face discussion. There's not going to be all this bullshit going on in the background. Um, like you come to me first before you talk to anyone else. And that's probably the best way to approach it. Uh, now I've, I've done some management myself, uh, working with different people for a long time. And I've always found that to be the direct approach to be the easiest and the most reliable way to, um, you know, effectively communicate with other people. So um, it's definitely something that they're going to need in and around the club. Um, there's obviously some people in the background in that place that they're called just, I don't know, they seem to get off on causing problems for the club or, mm. you know, trying to white ant different people. So that's probably their first port of call to get in there and you know, release seven different leaks to seven different people and find out who the ones <laughs> that's out there talking shit to the media and all the rest of it. But, um, no, Benji can't. I, I don't think he can, he can be a bad thing. Um, he seems like he knows the game in and out. He loves the place. He loves the game. And um, we've seen that he's doing some good work with the juniors. So I, could, I can't see it being a negative, put it that way. Um, no. For, for a while, anyway. Mm. So I think it buys you at least probably two or three years. Of settle, it'll settle things down for two or three years. And depending on what put, plans they put in place between now and then will be what happens after that. So. And the, the next tricky call is obviously, you know, 
the halfback, uh, and who else they might retain, the Diotamos of the world, but I guess we'll wait and see. We've got a little bit of money there now too, so they're probably not in the worst position. It's just about what they do over the next year, 18 months, I guess. It's also... Sorry in the end, you just want to see them play better. Yeah. Like, as, as a supporter now, and you've got to be realistic and say, okay, they're probably not going to make the finals for the next two years, looking at everything all being equal. But you've got to say, okay, they just, I want them to play better and be more consistent yeah. and be better every week. And each individual player look at them and say, okay, they've improved. As as a, as a football player, and I guess that's that was my whole argument with Trent Barrett at the Bulldogs, and not one player looked any better yeah. than they did when he started. Well, that's not coaching to me. So, as a as a supporter of the Tigers, Daggy, I'm sure you're what you want to see is that individually they look better than they did. Like this time next year, you want them to all look better players than they do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent, and that's what we've said, and we've said it about you know O'Brien. We've said it about Holbrook as well, exactly the same way. Um, it you know, it takes them off the merry-go-round for a bit, so I guess we'll we'll keep an eye on what happens at the Bulldogs now and what happens at the Titans and whoever else might be wanting a coach. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what yeah. seats are left. Preview time now. Round eighteen kicks off uh, once again with the game of the round six o'clock on a Friday. Evening, the Cowboys hosting the Sharks up at Townsville. Uh, for the Cowboys, Deedon uh, will sit out. Ben Hampton playing 5-8 there. Uh, the rest of the Origin players are named to back up, I believe, but there's a chance Tom Gilbert may... No, Nanai. Oh, sorry, Nanai's, Nanai's out. I tell a lie. Nanai and, and so is... Um, so none of the Origin players are named to back up. Bar Tom Gilbert. And... Um, for the Sharks, they get uh, Nico back. Nico's back at seven and Toby Rudolph back at prop. Uh, Talakai is on the bench for the time being. I imagine he probably plays. Uh, how are we going to yeah, kick... Didn't how are you kicking off, man? Um, Gilbert may not play as well, to be honest. He did a lot of work, so mm. um, if he does, I'd expect him to play limited minutes. Uh, so Luciano probably start. I'm not quite... yeah. I wanted to tip Sharks last week and I didn't do it. And I want to tip them again this week and I'm going to, so I'll probably be wrong. But <laughs> I'm going to go Sharks 1-12. to 12. If there's a time to play the Cowboys, this is probably the – if you wanted to play them any time this year, it would be this weekend when, you know, basically most of their best players aren't going to be there. Um, I expect Chad to be right up for this game, obviously, going back up against the Sharks and he'll have a point to prove. I think he'll be one of their better players. Uh, I think this game's going to be close. Uh, I just like the way the Sharks are moving the ball around last week. Um, I know it was against the Storm outside backs that were, were pretty average in defence, but that kind of ball movement can unlock probably a lot of defences. And with, with the outs from the Cowboys, I'm, I'm going to go the Sharks 1-12. to 12. Uh, Man of the match, we say it pretty much every time they win, it's going to be Nico, so we'll go with Nico again. Um, and Ramian off the back of last week, I'll put him down for the first try score. I wouldn't be surprised if they go there early and um, see what he's got for them. Gumpy? Yeah, I'm going to pick the Sharks 1-12. to 12. I agree with Barney. I think it's the Cowboys will still be good defensively, um, but I, I don't know that with the players that they've got out, they, they, there's some losses too. Jordan McLean's not in there as well either. He's another player that's, that's missing that's 
a regular from their team. So, um, yeah, I think the Sharks 1-12. to 12. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a 13-plus game. I'm going to go man of the match. I'm going to go away from Nico. I'm going to go for Will Kennedy to be man of the match, and I'll go to Sione Katoa to score the first try. I'm, I'm going to stick with the Cowboys. I just... Um... Maybe I'm late to the party and being a complete believer in the Sharks, but I think, I think the Cowboys' up-tempo um, will wear them down here, even missing the key personnel. Uh, just And some concerns about... I know Ramian had a good a good game last week, but their edge defence is still a little bit of a question mark, So uh, with Tracy out there as well. Uh, so I'm thinking Scott Drinkwater might uh, be able to pick them apart and put a few of his edge players over. So I'm going to go man of the match for him. 1-12 of the Cowboys, first try scorer... Uh, will be Peter Hiku. Nice strong bust there getting through the centres. Uh, Adam G in charge of that game. What a treat for us all. The Eels and the Warriors, 7.30 or uh, 7.55 at Combank. Uh, for Parramatta, they look pretty standard. Paulo named to back up. Uh, they look actually pretty much the same as last week, as long as Paulo plays Reese Walsh back for the Warriors, uh, which moves uh, Harris Tavita into the halves. And... Um, Jesse Arthur's Pompey in the centres. Yep, Para, do we have to talk about this too much? Uh, Para 13 plus. Uh, they will continue uh, to uh, steamroll through here. Uh, quiet game last week for Dylan Brown, I thought. Uh, so I think he'll be strong here against some of his country counterparts. First try scorer, Macasivo, yeah. tends to do it quite often at Combank. So sticking fat. Barney, looks like you're, uh, you've got some agreements there. All three, mate. Okay, I'm going <laughs> with you on all three of them. Um, I, I expect Dylan Brown to cause issues on that left-hand side. Um, I was going to tip Sean Lane for first try scorer, but I didn't want to set Gumpy off. So no, I'm picking him. a bit shoveled <laughs> as it is. Solid. <laughs> just, just have your money. Just have your money on him. You'll get it back. Fucking knows me. Mike He's, he's only, this is his third game back. He's improved the two two weeks that he's been on the field. Um, like last week was night and day compared to his first week back. So I expect him to improve again and um, yeah, have him for the first try scorer. This is probably, you know, the Warriors had their, their week at home where they've, they've won. Um, they're back on the road again. They've never, they've been notoriously bad on the road at most times. And, um, you know, that, they got up last week with all the enthusiasm and energy. I, I can't see them re- replicating that again. Combank on Friday night, so I think Parramatta win, and I think they do it pretty comfortably. Yeah, I think Parramatta win 13+, plus. but the Warriors have got the best forward pack in that they could possibly have this week. Fanua mm. Blake and Tohu in the, in the centre, and Tavanga and Ewan Aiken and Josh Curran and Egan. Um, they won't hold the para forwards, but you just never know which para is going to turn up. But mm, um, I'll pick them 13+, plus based on, I just think they're a 13-plus point better team than the Warriors. Um, I'm going to go for Mitchell Moses to be man of the match because he's a flat-track bully, and I think he'll flat-track bully him and and get three or four try assists, and it'll be over. And, look, I'm going to pick Sean Lane to score the first try every week till he scores now. Um, <laughs> he owes me a 1000 bucks. so, um, yeah. Speaking of referees, Todd Smith doing that game, he's actually not doing a bad job. He's one of the... Least offensive. Yeah. I wouldn't even. Know. I, I don't even know who they are. Yeah, no. I don't. Fair don't enough. even care enough. To, I wouldn't know Todd Smith if I tripped over him. <laughs> Just, that's probably yeah, that's, you know, that's a good thing. Him. I know. I don't yeah. want to notice him. So he's obviously doing a good job because I don't know him. So let's say he's doing a good job. Yeah. Well done, Todd. Good stuff, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. 
<laughs> Super Saturday kicks off. Uh, I, I might be free for a Super Saturday, gentlemen, if you want to come and join me, by the way. Uh, Roosters and Dragons uh, at Central Coast. All the Origin players named to play for the Roosters. And given they actually need to pretty much keep winning, I expect them to probably mostly back up as well. Uh, Matt Lodge is in line to play. He's on the extended bench there. They may come into the team. Jared's on the... Then Lindsay Collins is out. Oh, of course. Lindsay Collins is out and Lodge is onto the bench. There you go. Jared starts then, I would assume. And uh, Ben Hunt is named for the Dragons. He's a tough little bugger, so I'm sure he'll play. Uh, (coughs) Tatamoga comes onto the wing for uh, Ravalawa. Um, look, I think the Roosters are starting to head in the right direction. I think they'll win this game and win comfortably. Uh, yeah, let's go 13-plus and stuff it. 13-plus for the Roosters. Um, man of the match, Siswa, he's just been on fire. He'll keep going against this tiny little slow forward pack, as Gump likes to remind us. And um, first try scorer will be... Um, well, let's go Momorowski, eh? Gump? Roosters are morals. Dead set morals. It's 13 plus. They'll, they'll win. Uh, first try scorer, I'm going to go for Suali. And man of the match, I'm going to go Joseph Manu at six. I think he's he played six the other week and hadn't trained there. So he's had two weeks to train there now with a break. So I think he'll be even better for the for the run. So, you know, I'll go Manu, man of the match. I think he'll brain him. Is Joey's is he's um, training at six? Just hey Joey, here's the ball. Go do something. Well, he's probably. Pretty but... good <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I agree. You're it, right. And that's yeah. what it means. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, absolutely, but it, it wouldn't hurt him to get a little bit more structure in the, in and around the way that the, the, yeah, the, yeah, he turns his forwards in and stuff. Like he's brilliant with the way he leans up his back. Um, it, it create all sort of chaos on the back of the play the ball and stuff like that, but. Yeah, it, it never hurt the half to have that little bit of structure in and around how they run their forwards, which they're probably going to need because Walker's a bit of an off-the-top sort of run it and play it how you see it as well. So it probably wouldn't hurt to get a bit of structure in there. Um, I'm, I'm going with Gump all three this time. <laughs> i got the Roosters 13 plus. I think Joey Manu on the back of um, the forwards getting pretty nasty. I think the Roosters, um, you know, they've been a bit maligned in the forwards this year and I can see um, your Radleys and Fish. Um, Jared Maria Hargraves just tearing him to the middle of this pack with Siwa Takiaho probably being the best of them. Uh, and Manu off the back of that will probably score one, set up a couple more. New and South I expect Suwali to score multiple tries. New South Wales probably could have done with Victor Radley's mongrel, actually, when we were talking mm. about origin and not having someone there with that mongrel. There's your mongrel you probably needed. Yeah, possibly. And, uh, he's been sort of in and out, but yeah, um, Latrell's yeah, never definitely yeah, I mean, hurt. All going well with him being fit for the year. Oh yeah, absolutely. The eyes are rolling, yeah. and the the impact in defence that he does bring, yeah, it definitely wouldn't hurt. Uh, and Mungrel might be the and one yeah. thing we haven't mentioned about Latrell in Origin too. They probably could use there another one. Yeah. Yep. Imagine yep. if fucking gay guy pulled that shit on the trail. <laughs> the trail would have yeah. threw him in the stands. But anyway. I want to say that. Maybe now. that's where we could have heard a Scotty. Yeah. He, he likes to throw him. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Swali first try and probably multiple tries in this game. The Seagulls and Knights, 5.30 at, uh, at Manly. Uh, unchanged the Seagulls uh, from last week. DCE named to back up. I assume you just get his... um. Bow tie ready and playing his dinner suit. 
Uh, and kick on the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Ponga, Saifidi and Gage all being named. We'll keep an eye on that as well. Brayley's starting, which is good. Good to see that. Uh, Barn, what are you doing here? Yeah, I think the Knights will be up and about for a good part of this game early, but I... The way Manly's transformed over the last three or four weeks, and their outside backs have been going extremely well, uh, and their forward packs actually matching a lot of forward packs as well. They're, they're not bettering many of them, but they're, they're actually standing up to be counted, which they didn't do for a big part of the start of the season. So I expect Manly to be dominant at the back end of this game. 13 plus, and I'm going the Hamoli Olukawatu show. I'm going in the man of the match, and I'm going for at least one try, and hopefully the first one. Yeah, I'm going to pick Manly 13-plus. I don't reckon Caelan Palmer will play. Um, he hasn't, doesn't play for Newcastle very often, as we sort of had in our chat last night. Um, look, I hope he does play. The Knights fans deserve him to play and play at a high level. But I think Manly will 13-plus it. I'm going to go for Christian Tuipalotu to score the first try. And I'm going to go man of the match for Olakowatu. I, I agree with, with Barney there. I think that he, he'll... Look, he may not be as dominant against Frizzell and Barnett, who are both pretty good defenders on their edges. So he might not get as much freedom. But I think, you know, as, as the game goes on, I think he will will really... It's not going to That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Who'd have thought um, six weeks ago would be excited for the clash of Edric Lee and Dom Young against Saab and uh, Tuapalutu, but Absolutely. they've all hit a bit a bit of form lately. Uh, I'm going to go Manly 1-12. Uh, but probably a comfortable one to twelve. I think Newcastle be competitive for sixty minutes, and then um, remember then Newcastle uh, first try scorer Cooler just starting to grow into a real nice first grade centre, uh, and we'll go man of the match. I don't want to go for you two, so I'll go something different. Let's go with um, <laughs> hey, let's go with DCE. Probably have three three tries. I had a, I had a sneaking feeling Lachlan Croker just. Because he's been in career best form the last month. He was he was my first thought. I, I actually I actually want to um yeah, he will be a bet for first try in this game because I can see him just almost walking over and touched you some shitty but Brayley back will solve that, but some of that at times average middle of Newcastle might Rock defense. open yeah, up. Uh the Titans and Broncos, seven thirty five from the Gold Coast. Tino named, so again we'll watch on that. Uh and uh, so Sefa Fafida under the wing, uh, Tanner Boyd at six, Toby Sexton seven, Aaron Booth at nine. Um, I'm sure they're all very nice people. Surprised uh, I haven't brought in um, Jojo Fafida before now. To be honest, there's been massive raps on that kid, and um, they may as well. Can't right? be any worse than what they've had out there for the, <laughs> the entirety of the season. Yeah, I think he might have been a development player, so possibly why it's taken so long, but. Um, yeah, uh, I remember, I'm pretty sure he played a, a trial game and maybe even, was he in the Indigenous game? But I, I do remember seeing him earlier in the year. Trial game, he was really, team. really good in a trial. Yeah. He does look like a talented player. So Did he play in the... I'm, I'm excited to see him. Super coach. I saw him in the trial and put him in yeah. super coach as a cheapie thinking, oh, he'll play yeah. and yeah. get some points. So he's just sitting there not having played. So um, good to see how he goes. but. Mm. Yeah, I, I had him in after the trial game. We'll see what the next few weeks. Tino played about 24 minutes, I think, after the last Origin, and he was nowhere near. Like, his involvement last night was more than what he played in the second game, so I'd be surprised if he plays at all. But, mm. um, 
they need him because yeah. they've been way below their best. Um, the Broncos have starting to hit that gear. That combination between them and Reynolds is starting to really look like it's going to be something that's going to trouble some teams at the back end of this year. So I expect the Broncos to win and win well. Uh, Reynolds, man of the match. He's still sort of, he's, he looked a little bit better last week. He didn't look like he was hiding his ribs as much. So if he's better again this week, I, I expect him to take the reins and take control of this game. And I'm going to go with Jordan Ricky to score the first try. I think there's just a little bit of susceptibility on that centre um, half edge and I, I can see Ricky running over the top of that right edge and scoring the first try. Yeah, Brisbane 13 plus. Um, the, the combinations, if you said, are starting to, to click. Uh, I'm tipping a big game for Tessie New, second up here. He was fantastic first up and uh, he oh, might he might have a fair bit of space to pull a few things out of his hat. Um, so man of the match for him, first try score. Why not just keep going with DeLuise Hoyter? Uh, four tries in a in two games, just keep rolling over that awful Titans edge. Gump? Yeah, look, if the Titans are ever going to win a game, it'll be this week, um, <laughs> you know, with the, the baby Broncos in. But they were good last week against the Dragons without Ben Hunt. But you just couldn't couldn't tip the Titans at all. So it'll be a 13-plus. I'll go man of the match, Katoni Staggs. Um, I know that I rate him and he doesn't seem to aim up, but it could be the night where he, he has a, a barnstorm. Yeah, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna go for um Hoyter, man of the match uh, the first try score as well. I had him last week and he was good to me, so I'll I'll stick with him. Good stuff. Uh Sunday kicks off at two o'clock from Combank with the Tigers playing Penrith Reserve grade. Uh Jimmy Roberts into the centers, Adam Dewey at six, Luke Brooks at seven, Jackson Hastings thirteen Offer and Galway moves to prop, because why not? Uh, for Penrith, Kurt Falls and O'Sullivan are the halves, and uh, Chris Smith comes in to the second row. Sonny Luke and uh, Jamin Semin onto the bench. Robert Jennings, Charlie Staines, the other ends in the back line. Penrith will win 1-12. to um, The only reason it won't be by 50 is because... Um, some of these kids have only been playing reserve grades and might get tired of scoring points. Um, it's about seven first graders. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, man of the match, Dylan Edwards. He'll run 300 metres. And first try scorer, let's go with uh, Vili Kikau. Man. Yeah, no, I, I'm similar. Um, again, this is a game. If someone's going to win it, if, if Tigers are going to win a game, probably this one. They did this, win the corresponding game yeah, last year. They did. Um I don't mind Hastings back to lock. Um, hopefully it even besides he has to straighten up and take the line on a little bit more before he starts touching the ball a thousand times. Um, I think Benji muted it uh, last week. Is That'd be the way he's he would probably look at trying to set this team up. Um, the big question marks always Luke Brooks has been for years. So we'll see how that actually plays out. Yeah, Panthers 1-12. to 12. I'm going to go man of the match kick out. I think um, he's going to cause all sorts of problems on that left edge, which is their favourite edge. And um, he's going to be the man that will sort of be setting up tries and scoring tries. But I think the Tigers may start quite well. And I think um, we're going to get enough Luma to score the first try in this game. Nice. Looking forward to seeing, um, well, the young blokes, Pole and Matamua and, uh, Matamua and Musgrove aimed up on RCG last week. Uh, would love to see him have a crack at fish this week. That'd be fun. I think they might have a crack at the odor before they have a crack at fish. <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> Whatever. 
Can I... Oh, no, mate. I'd be brilliant, actually. Like, because they, they didn't give a fuck who was in front of them last week and they obviously targeted RCG. I'd love to see him go up Fish Harris because he'd probably end up being man of the match if you fucking stir him up too much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it'd be fun to watch. <laughs> absolutely, it would. I still think Penrith will win 13 plus. I don't think that their defense changes too much. I don't know that the Tigers will have to score too many points. And I think Penrith will probably, you know, have a 20 to six or something like that, which gives them a 13 plus. I don't know that they'll do too many that, yeah, they'll just, they'll just play to do enough to win and, and defend well. And, you know, they'll, they'll get some brilliance from an Edwards or a Tago or, you know, a kick out and we'll put on a couple of tries and O'Sullivan and Falls will do a job um, in, in terms of that. And when Eisenhuth comes in, he tries to play similar to Yo and, you know, they must practice it because he doesn't do a bad job when he when he plays in there at 13 for him either. Mm. So I don't think too much will change. Um, I've got to go man of the match again. I'm going to go for Dylan Edwards. I think that he's sort of a, a standout. And I'm going to pick Taylor May to score the first try. He... He's a try game player, so I'll back him and score in the first one. Beautiful. And we wrap up from uh, Melbourne with the Storm hosting the Raiders. Uh, Munster back for the Storm, so they got their no, full strength. they game after this one. No, I don't. What are you talking about? Three games. Oh, there Sunday. is two. Yeah, Sorry, six o'clock. Of course there is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, full strength spine for Melbourne. Pappenhaus and Munster Hughes and Grant, as it stands at the moment. And Felice Kofusi, all... Um, very important wins yep. for Melbourne, the way they've been going. Uh, for Canberra, uh, probably he is named. Uh, obviously, Jack Whiten's playing as well. Uh, do Melbourne get back on the back on track here, Gump? Look, I think at home they'll, they'll win. Um, if they lose three in a row, I'd be very surprised. Canberra like to play against Melbourne and generally do go okay against Melbourne. They've got a strong forward pack and... Who knows if they hold Melbourne in the forwards and a couple of them are a bit off after, like Harry Grant's off after Origin. There's no cheese there this week either, you know. But Munster, I think, will, you know, be really smarting after missing the Origin game. And, look, I'll go for Munster to be man of the match and I'll go for a Nick Meany first try. But I'll, I'll look, I'll pick Melbourne 13-plus because I think that, you know, it'll be a good acid test to see where they're at this week in terms of whether the last two weeks were just a bit blur because players are missing and and whatnot. So I think that, um yeah, I, I think that they're still probably the second best team in the comp. So, um, yeah, the spine's very important here if, if and hopefully Pappy's uh, leg's still attached. Uh, but it is the right team to beat Melbourne if anyone's going to because I just, this forward pack aims up um, the way, especially the way they've been playing, this forward pack aims up really well, the Canberra pack here. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go Storm 1-12. to 12. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, Pappenhausen gets a couple of tries, including the first one. And Jerome Hughes is at a, an average month or so, so he's due. He will be man of the match. Um, just straighten his whole team up a bit, Barn. Yeah, I was. Um, I almost convinced myself to tip Canberra in this game. To be honest, um, the the forward pack has been better than a lot of forward packs run around recently, and Melbourne's forwards have been um, realistically worse than they've been for a very long time. Uh, they haven't aimed up for the majority of this season. They only ever seem to do it in fits and starts, and um, and it's generally the the 
that spine that gets him out of trouble. But um, I, I don't trust the Raiders enough to be able to put, put on points. Uh, they're outside backs while young and look like there's some talent there. There's no consistency. Um, you don't have the game break. Like You don't see them running away, busting tackles and running 50, 60 metres to score tries or any brilliant sort of backline play to, to break open defences. It's more just sort of a barge over here and there or a catch off a kick. So I think uh, the, the Storm defence is good enough to shut that down for the majority of the game. So 1 to 12, 13 plus is another one I was tossing up here. I'm only going to go 1 to 12 because the Storm's form recently hasn't been great. They could just come out and blow Canberra off the field, but uh, I'm still going to stick with the, the Storm 1 to 12. Munster, it's everything Gub said. Missing the origin would have burned him a little bit with the you know, the COVID scare, so I expect him to come out and put in a really strong performance in this one. And Felice Cafusi coming off the back of, uh, you know, obviously he's got some issues at home and he put, he probably try to put that behind him at the moment. And, uh, he's one of the best ball running back rowers in the comp, so if you can light him up against someone, uh, some of those outside backs for Canberra, I can see him scoring the first try and possibly a second and third during this game as well. And now we get to the last game, uh, the Dogs and the Bunnies from a core. Aaron Shoop's back for the Dogs, uh, and Matt Burton has been named, but we'll see how, how that Aaron Shoop's actually out with COVID. Oh, Shoop sorry, you're is, right. Declan Casey's out. He's tested positive to COVID, and Declan Casey is on the wing. What a and treat. Karaz is in the centre. Mm. And uh, yes, so Johnson and uh, Johnston and Nichols back for Souths. Cook named a backup, which um, yeah, like I see, imagine he will. By the time we get to Sunday afternoon, Cam Murray would be a question mark probably. Uh, he's out. He's out. Okay, and uh, that'll put Jed Carter right onto the bench with uh, Saluka Fafita will come on at the extended bench. I'd say, Gump, what are you doing to wrap up this round? Oh, look, I, I I want to pick the Bulldogs because I support them, but I no nah, South will win thirteen plus. I think with Latrell back and they seem to have their attacking mojo back a little bit. And um, look, their South defence still concerns me in terms of letting points in, but they're probably lucky they're playing a Bulldogs team that don't really put teams to the sword in terms of point scoring consistently. So look, I think that that Seattle will just have too many points in them for the for the Bulldogs, and I'll go for thirteen plus. I think that you know if Seattle have really turned the corner and they're looking at being top four team and contenders like they're being talked up to be again, then they've got to beat the Bulldogs thirteen plus to show that. Um. Yeah, uh, the South Forward Pack's been a different team for the last two weeks, um, and I expect that to continue here. The Bulldogs will challenge him in the middle of the field. So they, they... Your mic's just dropped out there. Any better? Yeah, no? that's better. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, as I was saying, South's board pack's been much better. Uh, the Dogs will challenge him in the middle of the field, but even if the Souths don't get the roll on through the middle of the field, I think you know, what you've seen out of them the last two weeks, Latrell just adds so much to this team, and I expect it to be the Latrell show, to be honest. I think he would score the first try and end up being a man of the match at the end of this game. Yeah, um, <clears throat> not much more to add. I think I think Bunnies win as well. Uh, I will go 13-plus. They seem to have found their mojo now, South. Uh, I'm going to go... I think Latrell had so much this team that uh, Cody Walker is going to be a man of the match, um, having that extra bit of uh, 
fear factor he's had the last couple of weeks uh, setting up tries. Oh, pardon me. Uh, Tane Milne, first try scorer. As we get through that, uh, should we touch quickly on uh, PCTC? Tipping competition. Oh, we did too, yeah. So we won't, we'll, yeah, just a reminder, the spin... neither, neither of the two players that were in line for the, the full round hit Queensland. They both tipped New South Wales. So yeah. Beaver's currently our leader in the footy and properties. Cool, we'll move he's, on. Um, he's put some massive points on over the last six or eight yeah. weeks. So How well Disaster class. Oh, check out, by the way, if you're a racing enthusiast, uh, as I mentioned, the Spring Carnival lead-ups kick off this Saturday. Find PCTC Tipping Comps on Facebook. And uh, speaking of punting, what's the disaster class looking like? Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Minus $155 for yourself, minus $5, positive $5.04 for me. Oh, no, that was before last week. We all lost, didn't we? So... Uh, Stay near the microphone, David. Minus $44.60 for me. Uh, Ollie was available, so he's at a positive 112. And Gumpy was unavailable and is at minus 400. Uh, I've got some bets for us. Yeah, I'll go uh, just try to make some money this week. Straight up, head to head. Parramatta, the Roosters, Manly. Brisbane, Melbourne, and South, all head-to-head. Uh, that's paying 4 bucks, $40 on that. And $10, anytime, multi. Lachlan Croker, anytime. Into Scott Sorensen, anytime. Into Latrell Mitchell, anytime. That's paying 50s. Going wide. Nice I just had a, had a feel. Gump? Good. I'm not sure of the odds on mine, but I, I'm going to go para 13+. plus. Manly 13 plus, Roosters 13 plus, and the Broncos head to head, all 50 on it. I don't know what price it is. I'll work it out now. Beautiful. Barn, what do you got? So I'm going to go Sharks to win uh, 1 to 12 and Ramian to score any time. $6.50. I'll have $25 on that. Somali first try scorer. Uh, $8.75. I'm going to have $15 on that. And then I'm going to go the big back rowers in an anytime multi. I've got Olakawatu, Kikau, and Isaiah Papali'i all to score at any time. And that'll get you $19.50. I'm going to have $10 on that. Lovely. Uh, and a wrap up, what's got us frothed up this weekend? Boys, Any anything exciting you want to point to? No? Cool. Oh, I'm really, really looking forward to this game tomorrow night, to be honest. I've had a pretty tough week as well. Um, I've had a pretty tough month, month actually, with COVID running right through our workplace and mm. trying to scramble every morning to, <laughs> to make sure we can get what we need done during the day. So I'm looking forward to blowing off a bit of steam at 6pm tomorrow and hopefully the Sharks get home for me <laughs> so I can just kick on on a Friday night. Looking forward to that game. And I'm I'm also looking forward to to seeing how the Tigers go this week against Penrith with, you know, with the spine a bit different and they've made a decision to play blokes where they've played them um, to see whether Tim Sheen's coaching next year sort of spurs them on to earn a contract, retain a contract. Adam Adam Dewey has a six on his back. We'll find out. 